This episode comes with our first ever disclaimer. In this episode, we talk about what we call gross science. We're going to talk a lot about bodily functions and the workings of the digestive system. If you're squeamish, this episode might not be for you. You're listening to the Slice of MIT podcast, a production of the MIT Alumni Association. Mark Smith is walking me through his lab, and it looks like your typical lab. It has a processing area, some fridges, lots of pipettes, and is impeccably clean. Seems standard so far, right? That is until Mark explains the purpose of the air jets that you can hear clicking on and off. So the biosafety cabinet is set up to protect us from the poo and the poo from us. Uh, and so there's basically some sort of sophisticated uh, sort of air jets that protect. Yes, you heard that right. Mark just said poo. Mark is the research director and co-founder of Open Biome, a nonprofit stool bank that works to expand safe access to fecal transplants. Currently, fecal transplants are used as a treatment for people suffering from Clostridium difficile, commonly known as C. diff. Open Biome is the only stool bank of its kind and is operating to connect donors and C. diff patients, as well as get a better understanding of our microbiome. That's the community of bacteria inside each one of us. In this episode of the Slice of MIT podcast, we'll learn how Mark transitioned from researching the microbiome at MIT to co-founding a stool bank. Mark tells us how a stool sample makes the journey from donor to patient, and he'll share a little bit about Open Biome's process for keeping donor identities a secret. We have a whole range. I think my personal favorite was uh, Vladimir Putin. Stay tuned. Mark graduated from Princeton with a degree in biology and enrolled at MIT to pursue his PhD in biology and biological engineering. He had an interest in the microbiome and was an active researcher in the Alm lab, led by PI Eric Alm. The lab develops complementary computational and experimental methods to engineer the human microbiome. It was during his time at MIT that Mark found out that a friend had C. diff a nasty infection that causes severe diarrhea and a whole host of other problems. The infection is usually the result of antibiotic use for an unrelated illness, and around half a million Americans are affected by C. diff each year. He went in to get his gallbladder removed, uh, came home without his gallbladder, but with C. diff. Um, so he went on antibiotics uh, post-operative. When he went off the antibiotics, he was very sick with C. diff. This friend went through seven rounds of vancomycin therapy, an antibiotic used to treat bacterial infections. The treatments failed each time, leaving him sick for over a year. So the friend began exploring other options. There's one doctor in New York City that offered fecal transplants at the time, and uh, he was gonna have to wait for like six months to get a treatment from that guy. So it was like, it's like very, very long and crazy process. So he ended up doing it at home, uh, sort of with his roommate's school and like an apartment in New York with like a blender and like a, you know, at-home enema kit, <laughs> and, uh, you know, worked for him, but it was just really crazy to see that whole process. Now, we're definitely not recommending performing fecal transplants at home by getting a stool donation from a friend, but the process isn't unheard of. Fecal transplants have been shown to be 90% effective in treating recurring C. diff, meaning the transplants are effective, but unfortunately aren't readily available. That is, until Mark co-founded Open Biome. The name Open Biome is a spin on microbiome. 
If you've never heard of the microbiome until this podcast, you're not alone. The concept of the microbiome and the idea that the bacteria in our body work as a community is fairly new, something scientists only began seriously researching within the past few decades. Mark is able to explain the microbiome and how C. diff messes with it in a way that just about anyone can understand. We know that uh, antibiotic exposure is actually uh, the primary risk factor for developing C. diff. Think about your microbiome as like this rainforest, um, so it's this very complex community. Uh, and then you take antibiotics, and that's sort of like coming in and clear-cutting the rainforest, like cutting everything down, burning it down. It's not not too much left. And then uh, the you can think of C. diff as kind of like this like weed that comes in and recolonizes the environment before the rest of the other bacteria will kind of come back in. Then its strategy is it knows that the other bacteria are going to sort of outcompete it if they uh, if they kind of if it they have the opportunity to. And so what they do is they um, it pr- produces these toxins. Um, that actually induce like really severe diarrhea in the in the host, and from the bacteria's perspective, it's really great because it prevents the other guys from coming in that might outcompete it. Mark says that C. diff likes to colonize by leaving spores in your large intestine. So what you're doing when you treat patients, treat these patients with antibiotics, you're sort of hoping that while they're on antibiotics, you'll like basically wash out all the spores, and that you'll treat them with antibiotics long enough and then they'll get get naturally recolonized with other bacteria before the C. diff comes back. And it does work a bunch of, like, you know, like, uh, at least in first onset disease, it's antibiotics are reasonably effective. Only about 20% of patients will end up with a recurrence. But once you have a recurrence, then you've already eliminated whatever was left of the microbiome that would normally outcompete C. diff. And now your probability of getting a second recurrence is much higher. So 20% on first onset disease, then it's 40%, and it's 60%. And then there's, like, this core of patients that are just, like, really in trouble who just don't respond really well to to any therapy. That's where fecal transplants come in. A fecal transplant works like this. A healthy person donates their stool to a place like Open Biome. The stool is then processed and transplanted by way of an enema to a patient who is suffering from C. diff. The fecal transplant introduces healthy bacteria to the C. diff patient, and in 90% of the cases, the recurrent C. diff infection is cured. We have something that's very simple, very inexpensive, very, very effective. Um, and yet, there are patients that need it don't have access to it. The part of it, I think, was at the time, it was very time-intensive for doctors to be able to offer the procedure because they would need to do this, you know, intensive screening process. So it has all this coordination involved, and it's a very long process. Open Biome worked to standardize that intensive process and has been providing safe access to fecal transplants since 2012. So what does that look like? Well, first, you start with the donors. Less than 3% of prospective donors end up getting enrolled as qualified donors. You know, it's harder to be a donor than it is to get into MIT. In order to be a stool bank donor, you must be generally healthy and pass numerous tests. So your standard set of questions that are used for blood banks, plus a lot more that, um, because we don't know what the risk factors might be, so we try to be as kind of uh, comprehensive as possible. Because um, kind of in the absence of evidence, we want to be sort of just always make the most conservative decision that we can. Donor stool samples and blood samples are then sent out for testing for infectious diseases and bacterial and viral infections. If these samples pass, the donors can enroll. Because of this lengthy process, Open Biome tries hard to hold on to their donors. The idea is, you know, we've invested quite a bit in finding them, so we like to come in as often as possible to so try to set it up so they're kind of donors coming in you know, on a daily basis or near daily basis. Some donors drop off samples multiple times per day. 
we'll randomly test them actually like you did here in the window and uh, and then at the end we'll do do another testing round. Safety is obviously a big priority for open biome, but so is anonymity. That's why Mark and his team employ a unique naming convention to keep their donors' identities a secret. We have a whole range. I think my personal favorite was uh, Vladimir Putin. He's a retired donor. We're always taking suggestions for new names if you have any good ideas, but uh, we've got a a fairly long list of uh, potential uh, donor nicknames. When an approved donor sample comes in, say from someone like Vladimir Putin or Albert Einstein, they're dropped off at Open Biome's Medford lab. Samples are transferred from donor to lab in what looks like a Cool Whip container. After the samples make it to the lab, the fun starts. Mark shows me how they transform a fecal donation into a usable transplant for a C. diff patient. The process is, is fairly simple. We'll take that container with stool in it. We'll put it in basically a bag that's got a filter in it. And the sample will go on one side of the bag. And then we'll add in, so we have a buffer of saline glycerol here. Goes through a filter to sterilize it. We'll pump it in, uh, pump in an appropriate volume for the size of the sample. So based on how big the poop sample is, we'll add more or less buffer. So we'll add in the, the sort of liquid. We'll seal up this bag. There's sort of a clip that goes on it. Then we put it. Over into this thing, which is called the jumbo mix. This jumbo mix is essentially a punching machine with metal paddles walloping the sample. You can see basically it sort of smushes up the poo into uh, into the liquid. So you've got this like liquid slurry, and the sort of fibrous material stays on this side of the back and then this there's this 330 micron filter and all the the liquid can come, can pass through the filter and we'll use a sort of serological pipette um, to basically pull up the liquid from one side okay. and then we'll distribute it into the treatment bottles which are these guys and that sort of that like liquid slurry that comes off is what actually goes into patients. The reason we filter it is to, uh, when, when it's being delivered to patients, it has to fit through a very narrow tube. And if that tube gets clogged up with poo, it's very bad for everybody, as you might imagine. For each sample, we have, um, we save a safety aliquot that we can go back to in case there's an adverse event. So we can go back and do an investigation on the specific uh-huh. sample that went into every patient. We save additional samples for like research, so we have some collaborations with MIT we'll do some uh, sort of sequencing and analysis. But then other than that, we take the bottles when they're full, and then we bring them back out here. To a separate part of the lab with a massive freezer. And uh, pop open a minus 80 freezer. And sort of within this, you can see like neatly stacked rows of (laughs) bottles of, of poo. These bottles look just like little plastic juice bottles, except for their color, which is, of course, brown. And then their material stays in quarantine for 60 days until we've been able to screen them for a second time. So, you know, they're healthy in the beginning, we know they're healthy at the end. The samples are then shipped off to over 350 hospitals to be used by their patients. This streamlined process has allowed thousands of C. diff patients to have access to treatment. Currently, Open Biome only produces fecal transplants for treating C. diff. But part of Open Biome's operations include research on our guts and other uses for fecal transplants. 
Mark and Open Biome work regularly with the Center for Microbiome Informatics and Therapeutics, a collaboration between MIT and Mass General Hospital, and also help to support other research by funding pro bono treatments and supporting clinical and transitional research studies. For C. diff, all the donors behave the same, but for some of these other diseases, it looks like there are some donors that behave better than others, and so trying to figure out what's going on with that is interesting, and do you need to, um, so we're working on developing a process for long-term maintenance therapy, so not just a single intervention, but enabling, so we have like oral capsules that you can take, so you just swallow a pill with poop in it, basically, and uh, the idea is that that enables long-term maintenance therapies. Meaning patients can have more consistent control of their microbiome rather than seeking treatment only when things are really bad. Open Biome's patient count continues to grow. I think our view is, you know, we set up Open Biome to treat C. diff and to make sure that patients have access to that. And we've achieved a lot of our goals there. I mean, uh, you know, our first year we treated six patients and wanted to treat a thousand in second year. We treated 2000 in second year. And then our, this year, our goal is to treat 10% of all recurrent C. diff in this country by the end of the year. And we're already about there. So, um, so, you know, a lot of ways I feel like most of the recurrent C. diff patients that really need this have access or will soon have access to this. And now the next big thing for us is finding other diseases that we might be able to have an impact on. So. Study of the human microbiome extends beyond the digestive tract. Researchers, including those at MIT, are looking into the role the microbiome plays in things like superbugs and certain diseases. So expect lots of stories and much more gross science in the future. That's it for this episode of the Slice of MIT podcast. But the story doesn't have to stop here. We want to hear your favorite stories of gross science. Tweet us your favorite stories on Twitter at MIT alumni. That's MIT underscore alumni. Special thanks to Mark Smith and the team at Open Biome as well as a special thanks to our Squeamish listeners who made it to the end of the podcast. 